uh, life is for me uh, life is not only about what we want it's also about what we have uh, so uh, we forget to to enjoy what we have because we are working on what we want that's what i'm trying to find the balance in life and uh, to stop for a second uh, enjoy the beauty the sceneries with a cup of coffee some music because what we have is the impossible dream for millions Hello and welcome to season two of Point of Entry. Thank you for continuing to travel alongside us, the Refugee Center, as we guide you through the resettlement process in Canada and the inner workings of grassroots organizations here in Montreal. Stay on board as we explore the experiences and challenges faced by many newcomers to Canada. In season two, we are continuing to do so with the help of our alternating hosts and an incredible lineup of amazing guests. We hope you are as excited as we are to continue along this journey. Thank you for coming along for the ride. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Hassan Al-Kantar, former Syrian refugee who currently resides in Vancouver and works as an emergency care worker with the, Red, with the Canadian Red Cross. Hassan also recently published his memoir, Man at the Airport, which recounts the journey that brought him here, involving being stranded at an airport and the power of social media. But we'll let Hassan tell you the rest. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And I, I have a small correction. Uh, it's not your fault. I just got promoted. So I'm no longer a case, uh, an emergency care worker. I'm now a case manager. Uh, Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. Awesome. Can you um, tell us a little bit about the journey that brought you here to start things off? Uh, it's the same uh, story for millions and millions uh, uh, in this world, Syrians or otherwise, uh, or refugees. It's uh, uh, what we faced in life, the decisions we have made, and if it affected our life uh, for the rest of our life and uh, the price we paid for it. Uh, it's uh, the human struggle against uh, uh, the system and uh, the racism and uh, um, being being uh, criminalized and demonized because of our nationality only. Uh, it's also the uh, the strength we have in us as a human being and how to handle any serious situation we are going through, how to not, uh, not to give up or, uh, uh, or surrender, and uh, how to keep fighting for what we believe it's our uh, uh, rights, minimum rights as a human being. Um, it's the same story for millions of uh, Syrian families who, who uh, turned apart because of the war. Um, my personal story, uh, just a dreamer as a young youth who uh, traveled out of Syria to build a better future and uh, to uh, to be stable financially and to have an adventure like any other young uh, uh, person around the world. Uh, but uh, then the Syrian war happened and I found myself uh, facing a very fundamental and serious question, the one we never be prepared uh, to answer uh, as a human. Uh, do I want to be a part of this war? Do I want to, uh, to fight? To, to kill, to destroy my own house, to kill my own brothers. Um, and um, no matter what the decision you made in, uh, in this regard, uh, you will pay the price for it, whether you decide to be a part or not. I decided not to be a part of it uh, because I believe uh, I have a purpose in life uh, to live in peace and uh, to believe in love and humanity. And 
I paid the ultimate price because of it. But now uh, uh, I decided to tell my story. I decided to stand up and uh, to fight for what I believe in. And uh, eventually I get into Canada. Yeah, so you did decide to to tell your story in a form of a book, Man at the Airport. And uh, the at is a little at sign, right, on the the Uh, cover. (laughs) (laughs) Would you be able to tell us a little bit about the book and why you decided to write it? Uh, I, I uh, was always, words was always my way of explaining myself and uh, it was my comfort soon whenever I have uh, time uh, uh, to write. Uh, I, I used to write in my own language, Arabic, uh, but to write in English was a bit of a challenge for me. Um, but I wanted to write in English because uh, it was an attempt to send a message out there and uh, an attempt to build a bridge between our uh, two worlds and to bring the gap closer between the, the East and the West. And uh, um, whenever Canada, I, when I arrived to Canada, I had the feeling from all the Canadians I met uh, that they are eager to learn more about Syria and Syrians, the situation. When you hear now the words Syria or Syrians, all what you think of is the pattern and the stereotype created by media and social media, uh, how it's a, a country turned apart by, by war, full of uh, death, blood, revenge, hate, destroyed houses, and how Syrians are uh, hopeless, powerless people who are living in refugee camps with no education, with no health care, and with no, <clears throat> sorry, with no... Um, uh, 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 any kind of help, but uh, we are uh, much more than that. Uh, we are educated, cultured people, skilled who are able to communicate and to um, be uh, uh, active in the communities they are living in and pr- productive as well. So that's why I wrote the book to uh, to explain to the people directly from us uh, who we really are, how what our families look like, what our daily life, our dreams, and uh, our farms. So that that was my attempt. And was there any particular reason why you chose to write and publish it now? No, uh, um, it took me two years, the whole process to publish Mm -hmm. the book. It's not an easy thing to to write a book and to find a publisher, then to edit it, then uh, uh, to publish it. It's a a challenge and it's a long process. process but uh, uh, because I thought uh, I closed that chapter in my life uh, to be illegal and run hiding running and uh, uh, in detention jails in different countries so I thought uh, when when I came to Canada I felt safe and permanently legal I I start having the feeling that I have a value and dignity so uh, as a human being as individual so uh, I thought it's time to tell the story uh, at least the first part of it. And it was not possible before that because Canada is the second half of the story. And uh, none of this would happened without Canada. So uh, uh, as much as it is a Syrian story, it is also a Canadian one. Hey, everyone. It's time to let you know what's up at TRC. Coming up on July 9th is the Refugee Center's very first art festival, Join us at the center and enjoy beautiful artwork submitted by local artists and browse unique items from local small businesses. To make sure you won't miss this event, register now on our website. Um, The book touches on some really powerful themes about asylum, geopolitics, and the potential power of social media, and in this case, Twitter. Um, These themes were very prevalent in your life. Would you be able to share 
something that shocked you the most about your experience? It's, it's rediscovering yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a rebirth. Uh, when you had uh, the lowest moment in your life, that's when people uh, try uh, or have the feeling that they are done with life and they are about to give up. Uh, uh, for I discovered that it is uh, a motive itself uh, to do something and change that. Uh, uh, it's uh, the way that I start looking into life from a different perspective now with nothing will surprise me. And um, it also, I discovered that the, the, the power of the ordinary people, uh, just the people like you and I living there, uh, uh, normal daily life, and they ha- how can they change lives? And uh, uh, by by live- while they are living in their in their living room or in their houses, that's the power of the social media to create the wave and to be a part of the wave. And they hold all the strength to do that. And uh, governments uh, w- will listen to them. Uh, it shook me the power uh, of of the social media and. Uh, I was never active on social media before, and uh, but it was it was just a tool. Uh, it, it, in, in my case, it changed my life, but it couldn't also be a, a, a power of mass destruction. It's up to you how to use it, and uh, it uh, also um, surprised me that um, uh, the amount of goodness we have in this world and the people who are willing to help, they just don't know how. And uh, all uh, I could feel at one time at the airport, all the prayers and uh, all the support from people I never met and I will never met in my life. Um, that what surprised me. And um, I start to realize that maybe this is my opportunity to tell the story, the Syrian story. And uh, uh, I, I still consider myself one of the luckiest because uh, I, man- I managed to, uh, uh, to want my battle in life but uh, what about others so it's it's ongoing war it's ongoing battle and uh, we we still need to uh, advocate not only about refugees but human rights in general mm-hmm. absolutely um so i've had the privilege to hear you speak as a guest speaker when i was in university and i know that during that time you mentioned the reactions of the general public at the airport towards you uh, just being there both positive and negative um would you be able to talk about those attitudes towards refugees and how you've seen them extend into larger society, like outside of the airport? Um, it's, it's, I think it's a common sense to have a different type of uh, personalities, different types of behavior. Not all people are the same. Uh, some people are genuinely, we're genuinely concerned about me and trying to help others. They would uh, see me as a story and a scoop and something uh, on social media. And uh, others would compare me to uh, the Terminal movie and Tom Hanks. And uh, uh, so it, it, uh, it was a different types of people. It doesn't mean that they are uh, not a good people, but mm-hmm. uh, they have other priorities in their life and they are not much concerned about what's going on in the world and they are trying to live their life which is which is uh, which is fine but uh, it, uh, it it had this feeling on me that when people try uh, to reach out to me and say oh you are a celebrity now and uh, no I don't think I am celebrities they have their own jets they don't stuck at airports I, I think I'm I had the feeling that I'm a uh, an animal zoo at one point. Uh, uh, the people are there to uh, to see me, but for me it was not a concern, and I was not try uh, uh, bothered by it because 
I had a goal at that time and I was trying to focus on it. So, uh, and uh, just to ignore all the um, unnecessary feelings which will distract me from uh, achieving my goal. So, um, I had a lot of negative comments and I decided not to reply to it because it was not my battle. Uh, I had a lot of support. It's it's a mixed feeling like any other situation in life. But uh, I decided to be positive, uh, to smile and to look into the full half of the cup instead of the empty one. And it's I very resilient. that even uh, Canadian, they... they uh, yeah, they shocked me. We have this uh, idea about Canadian, how they are the polite, kind people, but um, it was way more than uh, what we have been told before arriving to Canada. Um, uh, I arrived to Whistler, and uh, that's one of the most amazing spots in the world. <laughs> so one day in the morning, I was in detention jail in Malaysia, and the same day in the evening, I was in Whistler. And uh, so I could not, it was overwhelming. And wow. uh, uh, the people kept welcoming me, kept, uh, they they uh, well, they say sorry a lot, they say thank you a lot. And uh, I, I got used to hugs. We are not a hugging people, but... <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, I don't think it's about having a country with no mistakes. Such a country uh, does not exist. It exists only in book. It's a fairy tale. But it's about a country with a with a, with a value as a human being, with a, mm. a freedom of speech, uh, independent judiciary, and uh, you have the right uh, and you have obligations. So uh, to be kind to each other and uh, uh, to work with each other, to support each other, and I think that's what Canada is all about. It's the feeling. It's not mm. just a country. It's 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 a feeling of being safe with with value and rights. So. Mm-hmm. so I wonder if you could expand on on that about your experience in Canada. I'm sure so many people would love to hear about your experience, considering they've been following your story on uh, social media. <clears throat> Uh, true, uh, quite quite, uh, quite a journey so far because a year, uh, less than a year after I arrived to Canada, that's when COVID-19 hit for the first oh, time. Wow. And we went through the lockdown uh, lockdown for the major one. And uh, I uh, once again found myself in, uh, in uh, social distance and uh, self-isolation mm-hmm. uh, because everyone else left and I stayed uh, there alone for months. And uh, uh, then I... I uh, I decided that we, we always hear some phrases in life and um, someone should do something. How, how many times do we hear this here? Day? Then I realized that, okay, I'm that someone. Uh, instead of asking someone else to do it, I should do it myself. That's why I applied for Red Cross. And uh, so far, the journey took me all over uh, British Columbia far, far to the north, and I lived the winter, Canadian winter experience for the first time, the northern one, minus 50, (laughs) and uh, I I, I saw a moose. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, for us, as a newcomer, it's not only a refugee, we normally tend to stuck, uh, to stick into uh, big cities because um, that's where our communities are, that's where our comfort zone and safety network. If we need any help with something, we can reach out to people. Uh, it's more diverse and uh, it, it feels more uh, warm and welcoming and safe for us. I decided to do the opposite the same way I did at the airport to push myself uh, out of my comfort zone. And uh, uh, so far, um, 
um, it's a very uh, refreshing when Canadian tell me you you love you saw more than most Canadian uh, did, mm. and uh, I'm glad about that. It, it gave me the survival skills I needed, and it taught me a lot about this country. And I'm still on the road a lot, uh, different cities, different, uh, but it also comes with. Uh, with a price, because for the last two years, I am uh, mainly living in hotels, uh, mm. different hotels, and I'm losing the sense of belonging to a place mm. I can call home. Uh, uh, where is home? Uh, I know mm. Canada is home, but where's the actual home? And uh, it, it makes no difference. So uh, you cannot build roots. Um, but if that's the price uh, to to be able to work with Red Cross or help uh, Canadians, those who are in need, then uh, I will gladly do it. Wow, you are a very resilient person. Thank you. <laughs> for sure. Hey, y'all, it's time to get you in the know. Canada is working on establishing a new immigration program which would allow temporary foreign workers the opportunity for permanent residency in Canada. Immigration Minister Sean Fraser was mandated to create such a program upon being elected. He now has around 150 days to establish a framework that would open permanent pathways for temporary foreign workers and international students. For more information, visit the government's website. That's it for now, and back to the episode. Um, I know you mentioned your promotion earlier. I'm wondering if you'd be able to tell us a little bit about that work and how you feel your own experiences help you with that. <laughs> Um, it, it it's not easy to come to a country, a different country, different culture, different language, uh, uh, different uh, methods and ways, style, uh, styles and ways of life, and to start from scratch, uh, especially when in a certain age. Um, uh, it's different in your early uh, 20s or your uh, early 30s. So, uh, it, it's hard for me. It was hard for me. Uh, but I knew that... Um, uh, I need to work on myself if I wanted to achieve something in this country. That's why I started with this uh, online training, online courses by uh, Red Cross or by the International Red Cross or by Amnesty International. And uh, so far, I had so many of them that I stopped counting because... Um, uh, 50 something and wow. uh, yeah, that, uh, it was not easy with all the exams and uh, uh, with all the quizzes we had but I knew that if it, I had to do it because I wanted uh, something different um, I, I'm now a case manager and it's in the flood and fire department with Red Cross and that's when, when uh, a town on a certain area got affected by flood or fire that's where we step in and we start the relief or recovery uh, plan to help support the uh, residents to uh, to get back in their feet again. Um, it's hard because of the story you keep hearing. Uh, it's heartbreaking. And um, But uh, as I said earlier, someone must hear this story, and I'm that one. Uh, the road trips are amazing because... Mm -hmm. uh, Come on now, it's British Columbia. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you will find yourself uh, in a five or 10 hours drive, uh, stopping so many times to take photos and just to admire all the beauty. And it's not enough. So uh, I think it's interesting uh, to meet more people. And uh, it's, 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 
like any other person in Canada, we have our up and down moment and we have some disappointments with the ways things are going here. But uh, uh, life is, for me, uh, life is not only about what we want. It's also about what we have. Uh, so uh, we forget to, to enjoy what we have because we are working on what we want. That's what I'm trying to find the balance in life and uh, to stop for a second, uh, enjoy the beauty, the sceneries with a cup of coffee, some music, because what we have is the impossible dream for millions. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, to bring things back to your book, Man at the Airport, I was wondering why you feel as an author that, and as a refugee, a former refugee, that it's important to share these stories with the world. Uh, uh, as a reminder, as education tool, let people read and understand who we really are. Uh, a message to bring the gap closer. And uh, because such stories are worthy to be uh, uh, told. Um, and to show them that uh, we are also having uh, authors, musicians, people who know how to do business. And uh, uh, it, it, it is something within us. I don't think... Uh, all people will be able to read, uh, to write a book. Uh, there are some so many amazing stories, but uh, they don't have what it needs uh, to be an author. Uh, they may find themselves in a different way in painting or in music or mm. in uh, sports. But uh, for me, it was words. Um, and it was a therapeutical, actually, uh, a process. It was hard and uh, a benefit as well. Uh, but... Um, it's it's also for me to be honest it was the market we have here not only in canada you can go now to a library and find a thousand books speaking about different a thousand different recipes of how to make a good hummus uh, we don't need a thousand books it's just some chickpeas lemon and, <laughs> and uh, a thousand book of it's important a thousand book about how to do yoga for example which is mm. that's fine but it, it showed me that it's a consuming a consuming a market who's looking only after profit and there are so many talents we are missing there because publishers are busy dealing with the uh, with books that sellable uh, and uh, so the, i took it as a new challenge and uh, i decided to go with something real that's incredible. And honestly, I'm glad that you did take that challenge because Thank you. This, the book is incredible. Um, so just before we leave, what message do you have to countries, Canada included, about the right to seek asylum? Um, there is a, a human right uh, and there is the international law. Uh, we have what we call the 1951 Refugee Convention. Not all countries are signatory of this convention. Um, and uh, yet they have a full membership of the United Nations and uh, all its uh, good programs. But when it comes to uh, to take their share of the obligations toward refugee, they just say no. And uh, that puzzle me for, for a second. Uh, Canada, no. Uh, I think we can do more because uh, um, 
such a big country with a lot of potential and things to discover and um, uh, we can definitely accept more and do better but Canada is one of a few countries who they have uh, a private sponsorship program which means five Canadians can come together and sponsor a refugee um, without even uh, the help of the government uh, in the first uh, level and not all countries are uh, they don't have it, uh, just Canada and two other countries, I believe. And so we are doing a, a lot of great job. We need to do more. Uh, there's always a room for more uh, good job. Uh, but what I need them to do is to stop starting another wars because mm -hmm. uh, the refugee crisis is escalating uh, with, uh, with the Ukrainian situation now and uh, the, the Afghani situation a year ago. So... Uh, as a start, I will ask them to uh, stop. Let's, let's work on what we have now, because yes. it's, it's going to be very, very hard to solve 80 plus million uh, displaced people. And uh, no, they are not doing that. They are increasing the flame and they are uh, starting a new fire somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was a very, very important point. Um, well, before we wrap everything up, uh, do you have any last thoughts? Anything that you no, like to promote? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think I'm good. Thank you very much for uh, giving me the opportunity. Uh, I uh, I visited a lot of uh, provinces. Uh, Montreal, however, Quebec is uh, still on the uh, uh, on the list. Uh, I, I went uh, to the airport. I, I used the airport, the Montreal airport, but not uh, not the, the, the province or the city itself. I have a lot of friends uh, there. One of them is my best and only friend who I wrote in the book. He's now with his family in Montreal. I'm planning to visit. I heard about uh, the, the Mediterranean culture we have, you mm -hmm. have there and all the good food. So uh, um, maybe soon I will be able yeah, to. Yeah, we'd love to have that, you. That, that's on my checklist. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> we would love to have you here. Thank for you. Sure. Well, that concludes this episode of Point of Entry. Thank you so much, Hassan, for joining us today. It was such a pleasure learning more about your journey and your incredible work. Uh, to continue learning more about the Refugee Center, you can visit our website at therefugeecenter.org and you can follow us on our social media platforms, including Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Stay tuned for our next episode and thank you so much for listening. Yeah, yeah.